Hey, new Royals family and everybody else checking out this video. I just, uh, I've been really um, wanting to share something and um, I just, it's one of those things where I just finally had to sit down and do it because uh, it's kind of a personal thing and, but I feel like what, uh, what I've been through will offer a breakthrough to others and I just got to get it out there. So today I'm going to talk about mental health and especially depression and anxiety issues like that in uh, a Christian way, um, processing it as a Christian, um, as somebody who's a son of God, because let's be honest, in the, in the church, mental health issues can also, um, sorry, often be taboo. They just aren't popular to talk about. We're not easily accepting of them. And I mean, there's partially good reason for that. We we know the truth. We know that in Jesus, there should be no issues like that. There shouldn't be doubts. There shouldn't be depression. We're meant to be joyful and hopeful and receive all the good things from heaven, all the good things from God that he has given to us through his Holy Spirit. And so it can be this really difficult area to navigate and to be honest um, there's a lot of uh, bad teachings on it there's a lot of um, inconsiderate and um, just not helpful uh, ways of looking at mental health in the church and I do think that's changing and I'm hopeful for that I think that um, we're starting to become more and more open to the fact that mental health issues can affect Christians very much the same as disease, sickness, uh, injuries, all these things that aren't really meant for us that like God never designed us for. I mean, we're, we were designed to be in the garden. That's how God designed us. We were created in his image. We were uh, Adam and Eve, perfect beings. They didn't know what sickness was. They didn't know these injuries. They didn't know mental health issues. They didn't know any of that because sin hadn't entered the world. Death hadn't entered the world. And all the uh, horrible things that come as a result of, of Adam's fall, basically, um, it really changed everything. And so what we experience is not what we're meant for. And deep down, we know that. And I think that's why we fight so hard against these things and where it's easy to accept that issues that pertain to our bodies sometimes, whether it's a sickness, whether it's an injury, a disease, we accept that much more readily. In fact, much of the church still doesn't believe that God wants to heal those things, honestly. Unfortunately, I would say, because that's just not biblical truth. But, you know, the, the whole um, bad suffering doctrine, there's there's true suffering theology that's that's good and helpful and biblical and but that's neither here nor there we're not going to talk about that the point is that physical afflictions are more readily acceptable in the church as far as realizing that they're a part of the human experience and how we navigate that we can talk about another time but mental health is much different there seems to be a um in my experience, and I've been in the church my entire life. I was raised as a Christian. I was born into a family of a pastor and pastors, I should say. My mom became pastor later in life. Um, they raised me with the Bible from day one. Church every Sunday. I mean, I, yeah, I don't. I never knew an experience other than it. 
And so I know very, very deeply how these things are looked down upon in the church and not necessarily in a mean way, but kind of a get over it, you'll be fine kind of thing. Well, and what I've realized over the years, um, because of my own personal experiences and um, my own walk with the Lord is learning that some of this stuff is just, it, it's an issue and it needs to be talked about more in the church in a helpful way. We need to be there for people. And I'm going to be honest right now and just get it out. I have struggled with depression off and on my entire life. Now, I want to be clear, that doesn't mean I walk in depression all the time. It really doesn't. I haven't had a non-stop battle with it. I've actually had years at a time of breakthrough. Um, my teenage years, I was off and on out of depression, but I'd usually be a couple days, break off for weeks at a time, come back for a couple days. It was usually a quick battle, got through it, boom. Same throughout college. And... Um, Later, um, actually, it's interesting. It's even as I got closer to the Lord and found more healing, found more identity, found all the good stuff, <laughs> more mature Christian. Um, in the last seven years, I've actually gone through two deep, long depressions. Um, one of them was about six months and the other one was about uh, eight months to a year, depending on how you judge it. So, um yeah, so I, I know what this is like. I know what it's like to go through this. And I also know what it's like for others because now at this point in my life, I've known people who this is a almost nonstop battle for them, at, at least to this point in their life. And so that's um, that's difficult to reconcile for many Christians because um, it just doesn't seem like it should happen. It doesn't seem like it should be the experience we have. And yet at the same time, we'll be accepting, um, of somebody's cancer battle that could last for years. We'll be accepting of somebody, uh, who gets Lou Gehrig's disease. My friend, a, a dear friend of mine right now has ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and he's been battling it now for a year and he's decaying. There's just no other way about it. He hasn't received healing for it yet. And it's very sad. I mean, he's got six kids, a wife, um, he's young. He's just barely older than me, and I'm 38. And uh, so it's very sad, but but we don't look at him and be like, get over it. <laughs> We're like, this is a real issue and a battle he's in for his life. But we don't look at mental health issues the same way. Right now in America, especially and in the West, more Christians are dealing with depression and anxiety than ever before. And it's just a fact. It's it's widespread throughout the whole culture, but it's it's even affecting the church. And I think one of the reasons is because we just it's we haven't addressed it well. We haven't fought it well. And so I want to hopefully start a discussion a in a journey on this because because of my experiences and my depressions and also my breakthroughs. So I'm gonna talk real quick. I'm gonna talk, share my testimony, speak a little bit on how I think the church needs to adjust in this, why mental health issues can still impact us in the church, and also um, hopefully give some hope and advice here at the end. And so how does mental health issues attack us? And I'm mostly going to be talking about depression, anxiety, because that's what I'm most familiar with uh, from my own battles. The number one reason we deal with these things is because 
we believe lies. That's what it comes down to. Um, not and not they might not even be our fault. It might just be because we were raised a certain way and our parents imparted to us something or even a teacher imparted to us a truth that we accepted that isn't actually lining up with biblical truth. And because of that, we live our lives in a lie. And part of uh, living as a son and daughter of God is overcoming those lies, building ourselves up in the truth. See, once we say yes to Jesus and receive salvation, we're in, baby. We're, we're in heaven. We're good. The sin nature is defeated and dead. Um, it, everything is on the up and up. <laughs> we're improving. We're new creatures. We're reborn, just as Jesus told Nicodemus. You were born as a new creation. That's amazing. So, But now we have to deal with all the lies, all the baggage we brought in from the past. And some of that goes away immediately, which is awesome. That's God's gift to us. That's his grace. But part of growing in maturity is we basically restart. We're, we're starting as children now. It could be You could be 55, just become a Christian. Now you're a child in the kingdom. You have all this life experience. You have all this um, knowledge on how to navigate life. But you don't know much about being a son of God or a daughter of God. And now you got to learn that. And what that means is unlearning much of what you learned before, because honestly, God does things very different than we do for the most part. You know, as it says, it's the uh, foolishness of the world is wisdom to God and vice versa, you know. And so, um, yeah, things look a lot different. And sometimes it's hard to get past that because we very much value common sense. And common sense is basically if it worked here, it'll work there. It works pretty much universally. But with God, common sense is not always where we start. Common sense might work in the worldly system. It might work in the reaping and sowing system that God created through natural laws. But we've superseded natural laws now. We're in a different place. And so what we might believe that worked in the past could still be a lie when it applies to our walk with God. And this is really important to know. Remember, we're his children now. We get to step into something greater, which doesn't mean we don't usually live in the natural law, but it does mean sometimes he calls us to make different decisions. So I could have stayed in the lie that I always have to do this no matter what, no matter what I feel God's telling me, and obviously push that aside. But the greater law is listening to God. There's all kinds of instances in the Bible. I, I don't even need to go too far into this. You spend 10 minutes in the Bible, you'll see God telling somebody to do something that doesn't seem to make sense. And they do it out of obedience and are blessed because of it. So that's an example of a lie that could be a good thing that's actually bad. Then there's all kinds of other lies like, you know, you're worthless. You are not smart. You, Whatever it is, it, we could go through it all day. But those lies get embedded in us. And actually, as long as we hold on to them, as long as we don't even know we're believing them, they open up a door for us to be afflicted, whether it's mentally or physically. It can mess with us. It can hurt us. But um, basically, if you, if you, the closer you get to God, the more you accept his truth, the more you walk in his truth, the freer you become. And the, that means from affliction as well as um, other issues in life. I mean, it could be financial issues. It can be uh, relational issues all those issues start clearing up the more we receive truth. There's a reason Christians have issues still, and it's all because 
we're not all the way there yet because we're maturing. So the closer we get to him, the more we let him transform our minds. At Romans 12, 2, be transformed, therefore, by the renewing of your minds. It does. It, it starts with lies. So lies are a major reason. In fact, I would say the number one reason we experience mental health issues. The next reason is because it can be a continuing onslaught of crushing circumstances. It could be death of a parent, death of a child, death of a spouse. Um, it could be a complete uh, losing of a, a great job, your finances being wiped out by something. Whatever it is, the, the enemy does attack us. He's not letting up. He's finding every aspect and every way to attack us. There's nothing in the Bible that says you won't have trouble. We will have trouble in this world because we live in a fallen world where people are letting the enemy tell them what to do sometimes. And when they do that, they hurt us. So, And sometimes it's from our own foolishness. Sometimes it's our mistakes, consequences. But more often than not, these crushing circumstances come from an attack from the enemy. And so we have to deal with that somehow. And for, for periodic moments, it can, it can send us into a depression of, because of grief, because of fear, whatever it is. Yes, you could argue that it's lies we're believing in that. But I want to be more, um, more considerate. Um, we don't always necessarily believe a lie because a horrible situation happened to us. We just have to process it. And the processing of it can be painful. And one of the reasons I say that is because, um, my well, you'll hear a little bit more about this in my testimony. But um, sometimes we're so wounded over and over again that um, that we just need time to heal. And during that time, our mental status might not be in the best place. Um, and that's just. A reality um, as we grow as we mature I believe that happens less and less we're able to handle suffering we're able to handle these circumstances better it's kind of like building a muscle but somebody who's never experienced something really hard and they experience it the first time that can send them into a depression or into anxiety attacks just because of the pain of what they're going through and so that that's just a reality and I think that needs to be acknowledged um, so yeah, it, those are what I see as the main reasons Christians experience mental health issues. Um, probably the world too, but we're talking to the church here. Um, but I do, I, you know, the church knows that in heaven, there's no mental issues, but we have to realize that people struggle here on earth sometimes, and we need to come about them and help them process that. So, um, Anyways, I, I've struggled with these things, and I'm going to talk about that now. I want to talk about that. Um, I already said I had mental health issues often on my whole life, but I didn't see them as that. just saw it as having a bad day or, um, I don't know, it's just controlled by circumstances, hormones, whatever you want to say. I, But I never acknowledged the fact that there might be deeper root issues going on that need to be fixed. And like I said, I could come in and out of it pretty quick. My childhood was mostly pretty good. There was a lot of hard things that happened in my childhood, but I was in a loving family. Um, I never knew what it was like to be homeless or without food. We didn't have a lot of money by any means. We, um, in fact, by U.S. standards, we were poor. But I never felt poor until a little bit later. Um, my dad had some years where he did well and some where he didn't. 
and uh, I'd say more often than not, he didn't, but um, it, it still was a good childhood. And so my circumstances often got were good enough where I wouldn't stay in these depressions very long, um, but they did happen a lot. In fact, as a teenager, I struggled um, sometimes with suicidal thoughts. Um, and that's crazy because, like I said, my life was not bad by any means, not from an outsider looking in. But I had a lot of internal struggles. And uh, that continued off and on. But as I grew older, they became less and less. In fact, um, the main reason I struggled with depression later in life was because I'd be like, I'd give my heart away too easily. I desperately wanted to be married and to have a family. And so I'd get into relationships that were unhealthy and I get hurt and then have to navigate through that pain. Um, I had a lot of bad beliefs. I was very, um, even though my parents weren't very religious, I still was raised in a traditional church, which had a lot of religion in and out of it all the time. And so even my parents who were not very religious, they were pretty free Christians. They still had some of that brought in. And I'll tell you what, um, there's a reason my first book that I wrote is called Religionless because growing out of religion has been the most freeing thing I've ever experienced. Religion to a Christian is one of the most damaging things. It's like the devil created religion to put us in a box that prevents us from the freedom Christ brought us. Um, as Paul writes, the, the law is now written on our hearts. And so God is to be the guide of our lives. And yes, he uses people. Don't get me wrong. We're not supposed to be mavericks out there all the time. But the point is religion itself, even if it's disguised as Christianity, is not good. And so I, I was raised in that and I had a lot of damages from that. And that um, those bad beliefs I had often were um, driving forces of that depression. But I'm going to fast forward a bit. And then I, so eventually I went to Bethel. I was 29 and 30 years old when I was at Bethel Church. And during those two years, it was like two years of inner healing. Um, I learned so much. I grew so much. My, I came out of Bethel after two years, the closest I'd ever been with God. Um, the Everything in my life was the best it ever been. I'll just say that. Even though I'd lost, well, except for my family, because I lost my parents during that time. Um, so that part of my life was the only thing that was not better coming out of Bethel. We um, Financially, we were doing better because even though I gave up everything to go to Bethel, we received some money from my parents passing after Bethel. Um, a lot of things were really good internally too. My marriage was better. My parenting was better. My heart was better. Uh, my relationship with God was better. Just good stuff. Well, then we moved and God immediately put us in a place where I didn't want to be. I wanted to stay in California and God brought us to Texas. Um, and not only did he bring us to Texas, he brought, I, I came here for a job and then I didn't get it literally moved across the country for a job that I didn't get and then felt very stuck. Now, this is when I entered the first Great Depression of my life, which is hilarious, right? I just got out of Bethel, was built up uh, inside all the stuff, and then I entered this situation that was crushing and sent me into depression. Um, I'll be clear, there's two reasons I believe, strong reasons I went through this depression. Um, and it lasted six months and it was very dark and I was very angry in a lot of this depression, uh, which is much different than my second major depression, which I'll talk about in a minute. 
But the anger came from feeling abandoned by God. I'd been built up. I felt I was ready to do all these things. I felt I was ready for uh, this major good shift in life. And then all of a sudden I was in a place I didn't want to be without a good job and not having many friends. Um, yeah, I just felt very alone. And what I had to work through that time was that one of the things I had picked up as I'd grown closer to the Lord is that as I came to believe more in his promises and see the breakthroughs in my life, I went a step further. Now, this wasn't taught to me by any teacher. This wasn't, um, it wasn't imparted to me. It was something that I had decided on my own. I want to be very clear about this. I took some truth, which is God's promises for me, the abundant life, all that. And I went a step further in, in into entitlement. And by entitlement, I meant that I all of a sudden expected all these great things should happen to me because I was now in this place in my life. And that entitlement um, led me to believe that I deserved better. Now, let's be clear. As children of God, he's made us worthy and he's going to give us amazing things throughout our life. Even Jesus says in uh, Mark 11 that all these things... Um, You've given up in life, you'll be given a hundredfold in this lifetime, but then with persecution. In other words, we're going to be so blessed, we can expect to be so blessed in this lifetime that there will be persecution because of it, because people will be upset at us and how well we're doing and not understand. That is true. What's also true is that Jesus said, you'll have trouble in this world. And so it's a balance. It's He's growing us. And sometimes maturity can't come from just being given everything. Sometimes maturity comes from walking through hard things. It can be both. But in this instance, I needed to grow up. And I had embraced being a son of God so much that I had actually walked into the bad side of being royalty in him. And that is entitlement. And so he had to break that off me. And I went through the season then of depression because I was angry at God. I didn't understand what was going on and it was a process. I'd let that thing get deep. And part of the reason I was entitled is because so many hard things had happened to me, like losing my parents, um, going through that season of having no money, um, going through, uh, there was a lot of pain in my life. My sister was not walking with the Lord, was doing all these crazy things. My brother was a drug addict. Um, there had been a lot of hard things in my life, fighting with my in-laws. Um, I just, I felt that I'd gone through all that stuff and there was this great reward waiting for me. And what I didn't realize is that the reward is him. Once the reward becomes him, he can start bringing other things to you as we're humbled and grow. I, I was expecting more physical reward in the, in the world. And so um, instead of trusting him to get us through anything and resting in him and... <laughs> Um, I had started to have expectations of what it was going to look like. And those expectations were good job, great ministry, all these promises that God gives us, I'd taken and I'd put my stamp on them of expectation. And that had led me to entitlement. So this is being broken off me. Along with that was the crushing circumstances of disappointment. Not getting a job, I'd been pretty much guaranteed and moving for that, leaving the place I loved for it. Um, so it was a dual um, dual attack in a way, internally and externally, and I had to navigate that. And it took about six months, and during this time, angriest I've ever been at God. I would 
scream at him in the car. I'd yell at him. I'd cuss. I'd drink too much. All this dumb stuff. And it was just a lot of immaturity being weeded out in me. And so I had to go through it. And I'm grateful now I did. And I'm grateful now as extreme. And in six months, instead of taking years, God dealt with it in a relatively quick way. And that helped me a lot moving forward. So now fast forward six years later and about a, a little over a year ago um, when COVID hit and all this stuff happened, I entered into the next Great Depression of my life. This one looked much different than the first one. This one was much uh, more subtle and I didn't really know I was in it for a while. The, the other one was like immediately, it was like entered a dark place, angry, sad, crushed, lasted for a while, darkness. This one was much more subtle. Um, and one of the reasons it was subtle is because we were financially doing the best we'd ever done. I was working a good job. Uh, we just sold a house we owned and made, made good money on it. Um, we were debt-free for the first time in our lives. All this good stuff was there. All this good stuff. But there were some things that just weren't working out. Um, a, my marriage, even though it seemed good on the outside, we had a lot of stuff we were dealing with internally and um, just kind of avoiding. And that was building up. The other thing was all the stuff going on in the country with uh, the lockdowns and everything. This had a major effect on me. And then other than that, I was working at a job that was, I loved it. I loved this job, but it also was leaving me feeling a little bit empty because even though it was a fun job, it paid well, um, it was exciting and fun every day. Um, it wasn't very meaningful to me. And I, in my time there, I'd been there uh, a year and a half. Um, I hadn't been as intensive in my relationship with the Lord. And so that was slipping a little bit because I was just staying so busy. It wasn't intentional to walk away. It was just staying busy. And I'd felt so blessed and everything. Um, I wasn't being disciplined. So I was letting that slip a little bit. And as things progressed and progressed, um, I was able to walk through this a little bit, mostly being happy, although the signs were there. I was gaining weight, I was drinking more. Um, there were some bad signs, but it hadn't come to a crux yet. I hadn't really realized what I was suffering through. I just thought I was going through what everybody was going through in the world and um, just trying to get through something hard. But no, there was deeper things going on. Well, then January came, out of nowhere, I lost that job. And that really sent me into a tailspin. I tried to fight it right away by getting busy. And I stayed in that place for a couple months where I was just trying to stay busy and really wasn't getting much done. But I was trying to stay busy and hopeful. Um, and then in March, um, something else happened that I'm just not, I, you know, it's between me and friends only, I'll tell this, but it was something very hard, very difficult and personal that happened to me. And it um, basically in that day when all this went down, I pretty much um, lost sight of who I was. I lost all confidence in myself. Um, I started doubting my entire life and every decision I'd made in, um, in the last 15 years. And it, uh, I basically went to a, a dark, scary place of losing who I was. This time I wasn't mad at God. This time I was upset 
at myself, but more than anything, I just felt lost. I felt as if nothing made sense anymore and I no longer knew who I was. And so all the energy went out of my life. All the um, drive and ambition went out of my life. All the passion went out of my life. All the cares for myself went out of my life. And it came to a point where even though I was very broken, the most broken I've ever been, um, I literally felt like the only thing I had to give was just to make sure my wife and kids had a life. And I just, I stopped caring about anything for myself, honestly. And during this time, um, that depression that had been building, it reached its apex. I was deep in depression at this point. That lasted for a good three, three months or so, the deep depression. Now, what I learned during that time, I'm out of it now, thank God, things are really good. This is what this depression was all about though. For years, um, my wife and I, Summer, had experienced loads of disappointment, one thing after another. Even after getting over that entitlement thing, that expectation thing, it um, the disappointment didn't come from believing for something and it not happening. The disappointment came from stepping into things and them falling apart again and again and again. And I can go through many aspects. Don't get me wrong, our six years leading up to it were mostly blessed, more good things than not. There was also a lot of pain, a lot of pain. Um, lost my brother, um, he, he died at age 30 on my birthday. Um, had uh, a church literally um, push us out because they didn't agree with my wife and I teaching what we taught at our home group. Um, we had another church kind of raise us up and then, um, and then just basically cut us off and not talk to us or anything. And, and all we wanted to do was serve the church. We didn't do anything wrong. Um, they just kind of stopped talking to us. It was very strange. The leadership did. Um, and then we went to another church, which was wonderful. The best experience I've ever had in a church. Um, I was on the leadership with the head pastor. It was great. That actually brought a lot of healing to me during that season. But during that season, the effect was we were serving God. Things were progressing. We were finally in a place where we felt like we were being used well. And the, but financially, we were struggling. There was just, we were barely making it. We were going further and further into debt just to keep going. And that was very painful as well. Um, and there was just no growth in our personal life um, as far as like moving forward into better things for our family. And then even with that, we would have stayed there. And then God shifted our hearts and was like, you've done what you need to do there. I'm moving you on. So then we entered in this new job. It seemed great. And that fell apart. And so through all of this, we moved to another city for this job. Um, through all these things, there was just a lot of pain that kept happening. Now, we weren't perfect through it, any of it. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. But we were going after the Lord. We were mostly trying to stay in a good place. We weren't trying to put expectations on anything. We were just, what are you going to do, God? We're ready to say yes. And we kept saying yes to things. And it, we'd enter and then be hurt. Enter and then be hurt. Um, and it wasn't always certain people's fault. Sometimes it was just the circumstances that were ha happening around us. But it was very painful. And we stayed 
as optimistic as we could through it. We um, kept pushing forward, kept doing all the good Christian things. <laughs> and then what I realized during this, like I'd go through inner healing sessions. I'd go through um, talking it through with people to get through and then pick myself up, you know, with the God and move forward again. What I realized is that even though I had taken some time to address these pains and address the, um, the wounds of all, all of it, I, I picked myself up and keep going with, and I hadn't really processed it. And so this is what I want to talk about here. This last depression was a lot of things coming on me at once. And it was a recovery. It was a recovery from circumstances nonstop hitting us uh, for years that we never took the time to fully heal from. And it caught up to us. It caught up to me. What I want to say is that it's just like if you got a broken leg, it can be reset. It can be reset and casted. And that's kind of what I'd done with a lot of the pain in the past and what we'd gone through. I'd get my heart broken, um, get hurt emotionally, and I'd reset my heart and I'd cast it and it was functional. And so I'd move on. But I didn't uh, take the one week, two weeks, six weeks, eight weeks to heal. You know, a, a bone takes eight to 10 weeks to heal. Um, a torn ACL or ligament can take tw- 10 months to heal. Some of the injuries we suffered emotionally were bigger than others. And we'd set them, we'd get them to the point of they'd work again, but we wouldn't be fully healed, especially myself. Um, and uh, I say we because my wife and I together walked through something. Um, well, I want to keep it focused on me. And uh, so I had these injuries. I'd be, and now I was basically running on fumes. And it took a long time to repair that. And so it wasn't like I could just go to a good counseling session or an inner healing session and be fixed. That's, uh, that works sometimes for a lot of people for a lot of things. Um, but that, this was not one of those. This was one of those where I had to spend a lot of time with God. I had to spend a lot of time, um, introspective in myself as far as not what's wrong with me, but more of who am I? What do I want for my life? Um, what am I called to? Who is God for me? So this depression was much different than my first depression. Um, and it took longer because of, um, the wounds were healing. And I will say that now that I'm out of it, um, it I'm very blessed for it, even though it's cost us money because I literally um, could barely work. Um, I did apply to many jobs. None of them took me. Um, and now I started my own business, which is awesome. But in the meantime, um, we just kept living out of savings and unemployment and it was just dwindling our resources. And it, so it's cost us. This season has cost us um, and it costs us some time. But I want to say that it's worth it because now coming out of it, um, our marriage is the best it's ever been. Um, our relationship with others is uh, at least most of our friends and stuff is the best it's ever been. And my heart, my mind is the clearest and the, I, I have the most peace, the most joy and a lot of other good things that are the best levels they've been that I can remember in my life, um, or at least equal to the other best times of my life. 
it was worth it. I'm reconnected to the father. I, things are good. And it's, it's amazing what it took to get here was hard, but it, it was worth it. And so what I want to talk about just to finish here, guys, is there's hope that if you are going through something, whether you have depression or anxiety um, or another issue, I want to tell you, first of all, that there might not be anything wrong with you. There might not be. It might just be a lie you believe from the past. You can fix that. Or it might be that you just need time and you need to get keep pursuing God and keep bringing people into your process and allowing yourself time to heal. But what I don't want you to feel is guilt and shame about having issues with depression and anxiety. Don't. I, I break that off you right now in Jesus' name because this can happen to any of us. Look, I'm a leader in the church. I've been in the church my whole life. I have been in church leadership off and on for 20 years. Um, I've been in ministry for longer, uh, and it's just like I have what some people from the outside looking in, church people would say, like, you've had the perfect life. You've been set up perfectly, and maybe, but it doesn't matter. I've still dealt with stuff because I'm human, and I'm walking through stuff, and I life can be very hard even for me, and I want you to know that it's true for you too. It doesn't matter if you're not, you know, starving in Asia or Africa or it doesn't matter because yeah, those people have very hard lives on the outside, but did you know they have less anxiety than we do? They struggle with depression less. There's something about having a focused life that, and don't by any means think I wouldn't rather have what we have. We're so blessed here in America, but that's not my point. My point is that we still deal with stuff and there's no guilt or shame about that. In fact, you're just going through what you know. You're going through your own journey. And I want to impart to you that, yes, I've struggled with depression big time. And both times I came out of it, I could see why it happened. Not God's fault, but God allowed me to go through it to grow. And I'm glad for that. I'm glad it's happened. And now what I have to do going forward is learn the tools I remember the tools I learned during that time and keep using those tools. And one of the main tools in that is just stay close to him. If I, and, and the other thing I've learned is to go easier on myself, not push myself so hard. You know, I heard a great sermon from um, Seth Dahl uh, a few weeks ago, and it was about how the word hurry in the old Testament is, is akin to the word evil. We get in such hurries in our life. We get so busy and in that, it's a great place for anxiety and depression to come in. It's a great, it's like the enemy uses that so much because God's never in a hurry. And he's always going to work with us in our process if we walk with him. And so what I've learned during the season is to keep my eyes on him. If he gives me a word, awesome. If he gives me a promise, awesome. It doesn't mean I have to make it happen right away. And that's something I used to do in the past as I'd take it like, yes, now I'm going to partner with you and let's make it happen. There's some truth to that, but I have to make it happen at his pace. He has a specific pace set out for each of us because he knows we all have limits and my limits. I look because uh, of a lot of reasons. I just am somebody who can go a long time without wearing down mentally, physically, and emotionally. 
but I still can wear down and I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't, the pace I was at was unsustainable long-term. Yeah, I was able to keep it up for better part of six years, but it eventually crashed. And I wanna tell you the same thing. You will eventually crash if you don't take care of yourself. And so for me, that means resting. It means staying close to God. So I'm at his pace. It means eating well. Um, it means filling my mind with good things. Like the world's crazy right now. And if you can't look at the news right now and still see hope, even when it's crazy, you need to step away for a while and reconnect. Um, I, I'm telling myself that too. But there's hope, guys. There's hope because God has healing for each and every one of us. It's his desire that you walk in joy, peace, hope, expectancy, every good thing, love, every good thing he has made for us and it's available to us, but we have to sometimes work through something to get there um, because of our own past, our own beliefs, our own circumstances. Sometimes it's a battle. Sometimes it's a battle. But I want to just tell you, no guilt, no shame if you're going through stuff. Um, You will get through it if you allow yourself to and if you keep pursuing him so take time process recover Uh, don't embrace it it's not who you are you're not a depressed person you're not an anxious person you are god's child and those things are not meant for you but if you're experiencing them get with him get with people who know him really well who are in a better place let them speak into your life and trust them trust him and keep moving forward. Don't give up. That's one thing I did in this season. I didn't give up. I progressively got better. But I tell you what, when I was in May and the depression first started to lift, I still had no energy. I still had no passion or drive. I wasn't suicidal anymore. I wasn't thinking horrible thoughts anymore. I wasn't unable to get out of bed anymore. But I wasn't able to build anything. I wasn't able to help anybody. I wasn't able to do the things that God's called me to do with my life. That stuff still wasn't there. I had to take more time to recover. And you might be in that period right now. You might have gone through the hardest part, but you might be recovering. I still had to let God keep feeding me because I wasn't believing all the great stuff he had to say to me yet. Um, and I, I couldn't weaponize it It's for a good thing to, to change my life, to change the lives of others, to help people, to change the world. The stuff we're all called to do in our, whatever God has given us, our circles, so I want to tell you, it's okay. It's going to be okay if don't give up. And he won't waste it. He will not waste this time. Don't feel guilty. That'll keep you there. Guilt and shame will keep you in depression. It's okay. It's okay to admit, I'm dealing with this right now. I have a problem. It's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to take time. Don't rush. If you rush it will prolong it. It really will. Because you might have a great day and jump into something before you're ready. Don't rush. Take your time. Let him fully heal you. I can tell you that I was so pressured to rush, not for myself, but from outside circumstances. Because, and sometimes it was internal. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it was. But to go get a job right now, go get, I tell you what, if I'd gotten a job in May, when I was not fully ready, when I was not fully healed, I could have gotten busy. I could have accepted like the thrill and um, excitement of a new job. And those circumstances might have lifted me up out of depression for a while, but I wouldn't have gotten the full healing I needed. I would not have fully recovered. 
I needed more time to process. So I'm grateful to God that even though I've applied to over 100 jobs over the last few months, I'm grateful not one of them reached out to me for an interview, which is crazy. I believe God was protecting me. He was protecting my heart and my mind. Because you know what? Sometimes when I say yes to God, I give him the big yes. The whatever you got to do, God, yes. And that's scary. And sometimes I regret it in the moment, but I never regret it long term. So say yes to him. Allow him to walk you through your healing and it'll be better. All right. I know I've talked for a long time today, but this was a very important subject to me that I wanted to get out there. So God bless you guys. I hope you got something out of this. And um, once again, no guilt or shame. It's okay and it's going to be okay. And honestly, if you need to reach out to me, if you want to talk to me about stuff, you can message me. Um, you can private message me on my Facebook. You can send a comment here with your Facebook and I'll reach out to you. Whatever you need, I want to reach out to you because um, God bless you. And I hope you guys have a great day.